0: Well, brothers and sisters in Christ, grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen and amen. You know, um, you might have looked in your bulletin this morning and uh, noticed the sermon title, uh, you know, uh, Jesus and and the Heisman. Uh, and, uh, and some of you might get sports analogies, some of you may not, and so what we're going to do today is we'll just explain that a little bit, uh, but I'll also give you a, a different analogy that maybe you can uh, resonate with if, uh, if football isn't your thing. Uh, so, so the Heisman uh, Memorial Trophy, uh, sometimes simply referred to as the Heisman, is awarded annually to, uh, to be- the best college pl- football player, uh, and it looks something like this, right? Something like, something like that. Uh, As if uh, a person is carrying a football under their arm and kind of they're they're pushing away a defender. Uh, For the rest of us, this may be a similar pose that you may have seen or experienced personally uh, in the kitchen. Uh, Let me paint you a visual image here. Uh, It's right before dinner. Mom just recently baked a fresh batch of cookies. She has them under, tucked under her arm, and she's putting her hand on the forehead of said child or said husband to keep them away from the cookies. See what I'm saying? So we can all now resonate with that, with that analogy uh, that we have before us today. Uh, some of you might be from the generation where, where if you got denied a date, someone would say you got the, the Heisman, right? That, that the person didn't want to have anything to do with you. But sometimes the reality is that's how we treat Jesus. In those areas in our lives where where we have been praying for change, maybe a change of heart, maybe a change of attitude, maybe a change of behavior, and even though we have received the answer to that prayer, for some reason or another, we don't want to let go of that thing. We want to keep Jesus at arm's length and hold on to that very thing that, that we want uprooted out of our lives. But we keep asking, we keep praying over that same thing. Maybe there's a part of us that's hoping for a different answer, wondering, well, well why isn't God working in my life? Well, well, why isn't God answering my prayer? Why isn't I going to see God moving? And all the while, we are the ones who are creating that barrier in our lives, and our relationship with God by tucking away that very thing that we want to get rid of. Even though we know deep down in our hearts that it's not healthy, that it's not good for us, and it negatively impacts not only our lives, but the lives of those around us. Which brings us to our text for today. Jesus is teaching in in the synagogue, and and there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. Now now certainly we may not have a spirit of an unclean demon, but what we do wrestle with is the nature and lure and draw of sin. Things that separate us from God and from others by our actions and words, but it's also our attitudes as well. And so the question that we're going to begin to wrestle with today is what are we keeping hold of Why do, what are, while we're trying to pray it out of our lives? And, and is it time to let go of whatever that thing is? So back to verse 34. And, and I just love the statements and, and the questions that are posed in this text. As a demon shouts, let, let, me, let us alone. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. First of all, I want you to notice that the demon acknowledges and knows who Jesus is. There is a spiritual awareness that's taking place here. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. You see, the reality is that we are also very aware of those areas, those places and spaces in our lives where we are broken. Those things that that we long to change, those things that are weighing on our hearts and our spirits, because deep down inside, the Spirit of God is speaking to our spirit, and he's convicting us. David puts it this way in Psalm 51. He says, For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. In fact, if I asked you right now, well, what is, what is that thing that, that's separating you from God or, or from somebody else in your life? I would imagine that you wouldn't have to think long or hard to come up with something. We've all got stuff. And we're just kidding ourselves if we're like, nah, you know, pastor, I, I got nothing. Or, or maybe I'm the only one in the church today and the sermon's just for me that needs to speak to my own heart, my own spirit. But I, I bet, I bet we may all have something that we're wrestling with not just today but something that we've wrestled with for some time and while there's a part of us that acknowledges that need for change what tends to be our response Hell, you know, hands off heisman hands off cookies okay whatever that might be so back to our text that response verse 34 let us alone in other words leave me be in other words, let, let me do my own thing. I kind of liken it to when you go to the doctor, and, and whenever you go to the doctor, they say, you know what, hey, you got you to gotta start eating better. You got to start to exercise. And, and what's our response to that? You're just like, you know what, back off. L- let me do my thing. Let me, let, me do, let me do what I want to do, even though deep down we know that that doctor's right. Even though deep down we know that those are the things that we should be doing. We should be taking care of ourselves, whether it's sleeping or or eating better or exercising more often. We understand that, and that's at that root. We know it to be true. You know, Jesus, you you can tell me how much you love me. You can tell me how much I am redeemed. You can tell me how much I am forgiven. But when it comes to to my life, when it comes to my business, right? Stop poking around because deep down in my heart, I already know it. But isn't that often the case that rather than seeing what Jesus is offering us and, and the new life that we're kind of being invited to, we, we view it in terms of, of what we have to give up. What is, what is Jesus asking us to let go or what are we going to lose? And notice the demon's question here. Have you come to destroy us? Have you come to ask us to give, give away what, what we don't want to give away? And then Jesus says, no, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. You see, many of us don't even realize the negative impact that those things are having on our lives when we hold on to them, when we, when we fail to let them go. The lack of peace those things provide, the lack of fulfillment, the lack of being fed and filled. In fact, those things that we're holding on to are the very things that are emptying us, that are draining our spirit, robbing us of our joy. And sadly, some of us know the greater impact of, of how what happens when those little things don't get addressed and they can become bigger problems. And we know it, and we can feel it. We can feel the burden on our spirits. We can feel the weight. We, we know how we wrestle in our minds, but for some reason, Heisen, plate of cookies, right? Sadly, there are far too many who approach faith with this mentality of what is going to Jesus ask me to change this time rather than what is Jesus inviting me to? Anybody know what this is? Anybody know what this is? You know, um, I don't think you know because I, I, I don't think anybody changes this in the house at all. In fact, anyone else think that they're the only one in the house that actually changes this? Just raise a hand. I'm just curious. If you think, the I'm seeing where my wife is sitting real quick. <laughs> all right. If you think about it, many of us are holding on to this while God is offering us this. Which one would you rather have at your disposal? Right. Which one? Which one? What is that thing that you've been praying over in your life right now? A change of attitude, a change of spirit. And what would that would not only bless your life, but would bless the lives of others. But, but instead of, of latching on to that, instead of answering and heeding that prayer and that call in your life, we're holding on to something that looks like this. In fact, I can't help but think about that great hymn of faith where it says, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. You see, there is a movement that we're being invited to, no pun intended, from this to this, right? We're being invited from this to this. The contemporary hymn adds this chorus and says, My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. The grace that's being talked about is this church. It's not talking about something like this. Yet we hold on to it. We, we, We don't change that attitude. We don't change that heart. We don't change that spirit. And in the meantime, we're the ones who are losing out on an invitation. We're choosing to hold on to those things that bind us rather than the freedom. No pun intended again. Sorry, it's been a long week. <laughs> We're holding on those things that, that hold us captive. Let me rephrase that. Rather than the freedom that we have received in Jesus Christ. Let's, let's look at how Jesus speaks into this moment. Verse 35. But, but Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent and come out of so let me ask you, what voice it, it, would Jesus silence in your life right now? What, what voice is keeping you stuck at the moment? What voice is just whispering in your ear, getting your attention, uh, and, and trying to convince you uh, that to justify a certain way of certain thinking? As saying, you don't need to change, or, or you don't need to give that up. And some of us have some pretty loud voices in our lives, don't we, that cause us to feel worried and insecure. What Jesus is saying here in this text is he is speaking with authority and says, be silent and come out. Maybe it's a burden, rela- broken relationship that, that you're dealing with and, and you're still harboring that resentment and that ill will. Maybe there's a spirit of envy and jealousy that's just rooted deep in your life and is beginning to, to have an impact on your spirit and your heart. Maybe there's a voice of self-doubt and you're trying to find your value and your self-worth through the approval of other people or, or, or things. And, and in the process, you're, you're losing your spirit. You're becoming someone that you did not want to anticipate that you would become. Or maybe there's a spirit of complacency or life consumed by schedule. Jesus is speaking with authority into each and every one of those situations. And he says, be silent. Be silent and come out. See, in Scripture, there are several names for Satan. Of course, we have the devil, the accuser, the deceiver. And what his voice does is it seeks to undermine your spirit, to devalue your self-worth, uh, plants that seed of doubt, derails you from what God calls you to be, sidetracks your minds, and gets you distracted from the things that you are called and that you're supposed to be doing. What that voice does is it seeks to draw you away from the life that God intends for you. What voice is whispering in your ear right now? Not good enough? Not pretty enough? Not successful enough? Not rich enough? Am I just too blind to see? Okay, so the last two are Rolling Stones lyrics. I'm sorry, but you get the picture, right? You, you understand that voice because some of you are hearing it. In fact, all of us have that voice that are, that are speaking those words of, of doubt and insecurity and worry and fear and anxiety into our lives right every moment. In fact, let's look at verse 36. Verse 36. Of what happens here? When the demon had thrown him down before them, he came out of him without having done him any harm. They they were all amazed and kept saying to one another, what kind of utterance is this? For with authority and a power, he commands the unclean spirits and out they come. And, and I don't know what it is, but whenever I hear this passage of scripture, I can't help but get that line from Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, out of my head, where Ace just solved the crime at the beginning of the movie, and, and he goes like this, I have exorcised the demons. The house is clean, right? A reference to another movie that came out uh, in a similar time, uh, but, we won't, but we won't even get into how I listen and hear the word authority due to a certain animated series, but we won't even touch either of those other pieces but i want you to hear this church i want you to want you to hear this with authority jesus speaks into and over whatever you're facing whatever your struggle whatever you're trying to turn away from whatever burden that you feel you're carrying jesus speaks with authority into it and over it so, so analogy time. Church, how many of you uh, would drink expired milk? Anybody want a cold glass of expired milk this morning? Okay. Here we go. Okay. We'll leave that rest of that for later. Oh, I'm so used to licking my fingers. That's not good. Instead of throwing it away, um, how many of you would keep it in your fridge for a little while longer, at least till trash day? And there it sits. And and over time, it begins to take a life of its own. It begins to fester. It begins to smell a little bit. And it begins to permeate and get into other things. You can't even open up your fridge door without that waft coming out, and you know what I'm talking about. And the same thing can take place in our lives as well. If we don't address the concerns that weigh on us, those things will begin to fester and grow in us, drawing us away from who God calls us to be. And even though we know that this is expired, what do we do? We choose to ingest it. We keep drinking the same curdled milk and Jesus says enough is enough okay I gotta I gotta let you in on something that's just milk with some coconut yogurt it's delicious (laughs) somebody at the last service somebody said I'm glad you said something because I was about to get sick and so uh but anyway fact that for the first part of your homework what I want you to do is I want you to check for expiration dates in your cupboard, in your fridge. And if you find something that's expired in your cupboard or in your fridge, I want you to throw it away. But as you do, I want you to relate it to something that you have a hard time letting go of, okay? So find something that's been expired, something that's been sitting around for way too long, and and before you throw it away, I want you to just think about something that, that you've been holding on to, right? And not letting go of, and I want you to pray. Lord, I've been holding on to this thing for way too long, and I ask you to remove it from me. I ask you for your strength, and and I ask you that you would would give me the resolve to to let it go, to not hold you at arm's length, but instead draw you close and hold that other thing at arm's length. And, and make it a practice. Don't just do it today, but, but make it a routine and a ritual in your own house from time to time. And if for some reason you find yourself looking at something, you're like, well, it still might be good. Ask yourself, why am I holding on to this? Why am I holding on to this? And will this be a benefit for me, or is it a benefit for somebody else? Church, you have the power and the authority of Jesus Christ to speak over and into whatever seeks to draw you away from him. Whatever seeks to consume your life. You are not powerless. You are not stuck. In fact, it reminds me of a lazy river ride where you sit in the tube. You know, this time of year, we, 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 Pastor Dan's talking about, you know, getting warmed up and the spirit moving. And man, it'd just be nice to be sitting by a pool and the spirit can certainly work there too. But, uh, but it's amazing how much time can pass as you're just getting pushed along by that current and all of a sudden, you realize how burnt you got in, in, by just sitting in the sun. But there you go around and around and around that lazy river. And, a, and as you know, in order to get out, you have to hop off that tube physically. And sometimes you have to go against the current in order to get out. Sometimes you have to tip a few other tubes over but in the process. But that's how you get out. You know, some of us have been praying around the same thing. The same spiritual stumbling block for far too long. And while God has given us a loud and a clear answer and invitation, there we sit just with our arms crossed, unwilling to move, unwilling to adjust, unwilling to do something different. Where have we crossed our arms today? Where have we been holding God at arm's length and holding on to the wrong thing? Instead of giving God the Heisman, right, what would it mean to instead claim the victory won for us to pull that into ourselves and allow that to speak over whatever speaks seeks to draw us away from him? For your homework this week. Uh, What I want you to do is, I want you to rewatch the children's message now that you kind of see where we're at a little bit and the challenge. I want you to rewatch it. Uh, The second thing is, I want you to read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 19. Uh, And with that, there's a challenge text right there from James chapter 1, verse 22 to 23, because it's not just about knowing what to do, it's about that follow through. But as you read that text from Ephesians, I want you to ask uh, God for a spirit of wisdom to enlighten your heart. Uh, and then the next thing, of course, go through that cabinet, go through that cr- fridge, get rid of the expitum items from uh, your pantry, and, uh, and just ask yourself, what am I holding on to that's causing a spiritual disconnect and keeping me from experiencing the freedom that Jesus Christ offers? So what is it for you? What is it for you this week? What is already on your heart? And what is God calling you to do differently? Ushers, we're blessed for you to receive our tithes, our gifts.